for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio. Your real talk station. 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program to mix it up. Do it live, as I like to say. Feel free to give us a call on the Legal Zoom self-help hotline, 323-203-0815, LegalZoom.com. Of course, your uh, leading source for online documents. Make sure you use referral code GREEN at checkout to get the Green Room discount. Man, we have an amazing program for you tonight. I'd like tonight? To th- oh, yeah, I was going to go today. <laughs> kind of stumbled on tonight. The sun's not down yet. I get Right. I can see it. I was kind of yeah, dusk. That, of <laughs> right. course, is my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for showing up. Boom, baby. <laughs> All right. And uh, first to start things off, we have comedian. <clears throat> He's actually going to be sitting in the entire program. Very. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have Andy Cozell on the show. Andy, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Right. So, yeah, uh, you're a stand-up comedian. You're originally from uh, what part of the country? Outside Chicago. Outside Chicago. Now. Oh, an hour and a half. Go Hawks. Oh, man. You're killing me. Cause I'm, <laughs> really? I live outside. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, so I would say uh, I don't. I don't want to say diehard Flyers fan because that would imply that I followed them the entire season. But once the playoffs came around, I started. Uh, I started following the Flyers. Started getting into it. And last night, man, what a killer! Yeah. Well, hockey, you, hockey's hard to follow the whole year. Right. It is it's like a basketball. Little, you get, it's pretty much even the finals. I watched like last 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 quarter. Yeah, it's kind of right. easy to tune out hockey yeah. or basketball. It's it's hard to sit through an entire season, especially. Especially hockey, when so many teams make it in the playoffs. Yeah. The Flyers, they were on the brink of elimination. They ended up winning a shootout in the last game to get them into the playoffs. They went on this incredible run. They, at one point in the, against the Bruins, they were down 3 nothing in the series. Ended up winning three games in a row. Game 7, they were down 3 nothing. Ended up winning that 4-3. to they're, so, ta- they're talking dynasty right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, uh, of my course... Friend, they, actually, my friend called, I called him last night and... Uh, Chicago's so nuts. Uh, they said everybody's in like Addison Avenue and Clark by Wrigley Field, and I, I guess the cops are going through the, the mob with their their blowhorns on, going like, going uh, hawks, hawks, hawks. <laughs> Not telling anybody to move. See, that's a, people that's what people over. in the West Coast don't understand is that East Coast or even Midwest Chicago, I'll throw in there too. Sports is such a part of the life that cops aren't the type of people to break up a a crazy party. If anything, they're the type of people that are like, oh yeah, you know, hey, hey, I, I'm a huge fan too. Yeah. Fuck it, let's let's get crazy. Chicago's <laughs> nuts. Uh, one time after a, a game at Wrigley, we uh we got in a fight with these guys and it's called Cubby Dog, waiting in line to eat hot dogs and shit. Right. And, uh, can I see? I can can see, you what? Can I say shit? No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you can curse. curse. All right. <clears throat> but uh, this is the internet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're we're going back and forth with these guys and the, and the, the cooks and stuff. And they got all nervous, so they called the cops and told them. Uh, some guy's got a gun, so the cops come in, guns drawn, everything pointing at us. We're like, holy shit, and we, we take off, and I guess they, they arrested the cooks. for. I guess, <laughs> I, guess you, I guess you can't do that. That's like a huge... 
Well, yeah, calling in a false police report, that makes sense that that should be illegal. They just didn't want people out of their their cubby dogs. Yeah, they were uh, (laughs) getting crazy in there. I don't know if you caught this at the end of the game. They did a little uh, wrap-up to wrap up, the obviously, the series there with the announcers. Jeremy Roenick, longtime Blackhawks player who never never (laughs) won a championship but still seemed to really take this win, win to heart. So here's a clip of that in case you missed it. For the kid that was there in 1992 who was crying when I came off the ice after... He's talking about they made it to the Stanley Cup in 1992 and didn't win. We lost game four in Chicago Stadium. You waited 18 years. I hope you have a big smile on your face. I was always thinking, like, this would be funny if the kid was dead or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm giving out to this kid from 1992. He's no longer a kid. He's a, he's a grown man. That was 18 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. You're emotional. Absolutely. Why is it affecting you? <laughs> Dan Patrick is... Why is this affecting you? Um, <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks, man. I <laughs> didn't get to do that. It's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> so it's so fun to see a hockey and, player and, and cry. I love the hockey announcers. They all still have that, that hockey slicked back mullet. Right. They, <laughs> Barry like, Melrose like them, or yeah. any of these any of these hockey players. Yeah, it's not quite a mullet, but it's not quite what you would normally they look like consider old, like, hair. Like Texas ranchers, you know, like with the, just the slicked back. It's very, creepy, it's very the big, bizarre. Big steroid jaw. The... <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't get to do it either, and I'm not going to cry, but you better go, kid. You had a hell of a career anyway. You know, see some guys. He's literally patting him on the back trying to make him feel better. You're a grown man. You had a great career as a professional athlete. I don't feel sorry for you. God. Do you know how awesome it would be to play one professional game? Andy, what's your dream in life is probably to be a super successful stand-up comedian. You wouldn't feel bad if, okay, if Jerry Seinfeld, if his show got canceled, Seinfeld, at the height of it, you wouldn't feel bad for him. He's no, no. he made millions of dollars. He got- yeah, but every every guy secretly wants to be like I was just telling this to my friend yesterday. I'm like, screw comedy. I want to be a baseball player. You know, I'm yeah. just doing comedy for right. you know, backup. Well, right. I mean, I think I mean, every- maybe 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 in sports maybe, but not comedy. No way. Right. Exactly. <laughs> We're really bitter in comedy. I mean, good for his ass. Yeah. No one no one goes to comedy as the first instinct. Comedy is a dream you pick up after other multiple dreams you realize the pain aren't of working life out. Hits you, you know? Yeah, I remember. I, I I always. What was your your dream was a baseball player? Yeah, of course. I'm Midwest. I used to play. I played in college. Played in college. And then uh, I just wasn't fast enough. What uh what position you play? Second base. Second base. I'm only five nine. You know? Yeah. Hey, as a five nine athlete, I, I know what it's like. <laughs> I played football, and they had me a guard and outside linebacker. So you can see my my dreams were dashed early on. Yeah. I still remember as a kid in elementary school. Early on, I would say, you know, 10, 11, my dream was to become a backup tight end for the Philadelphia Eagles because in my head I was like, all right, well, I'm in third grade right now and I'm not starting, so that probably means I won't be able to start in the NFL. I I, (laughs) I couldn't wrap my head around the idea that even the guys that are backups in the NFL are still really awesome. Like Dwayne Perkins has a great joke. He says, uh... You always, there's always one point in a man's life where he knows he's not going to go pro. You know, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. hits you one day, you're like, oh, man. <laughs> like, right. No matter how everyone, athletic you are. Yeah, everyone holds out hope. You, that's why, as kids, especially guys, you end up playing a lot of different sports. You're like, all right, maybe it's golf. Maybe it's, you yeah. know, you dabble in everything dabble just in everything. to make sure. Yeah. Three-sport athletes through high school, you know, like, oh, what do I pick? Right, exactly. But the truth is you need some sort of either A, great freakish athletic ability uh, like a LeBron James or B, some sort of crazy tormented father that didn't have his wishes fulfilled. So he so he somehow (laughs) tortures you into becoming amazing like Tiger Woods, his dad. That's the kind of dad. My dad was too soft. He let me have a normal childhood. You need a Joe Jackson (laughs) type father of sports to be good at sports. Well, all my friends in college were like college wrestlers and I grew up with, uh, you know, 
it was they were all Big Ten, and I and I was roommates with them. And man, they, these guys were doing it since they were like two. I'm like, they're all just like little necks as big as trees, and just they knew everything, dude. We'd mess around with them in the living room, just put you in some hole. Like, there's no way you'd be to be good in any sport. You have to be doing it until you're one. You know, right? You can't just jump into right. it like junior high or like. Or you, like you said, you well, gotta, you gotta, if you're going to be a freak, if you're a five nine like, yeah. white guy, yeah, obviously, if you're a five nine white guy, yeah, obviously to, to build if, skill. Otherwise, you can be a six eight whatever. And <laughs> LeBron James, guys like that, I feel like they can kind of pick it up whenever and still be pretty good. I don't know, Shaq's kind of. You know, <laughs> I always thought he'd be a lot better than he was, right? Well, you know, he had a good run. I mean, especially when he won those titles with the Lakers, I thought I felt like he played pretty good. But maybe he should have played football. I actually read he didn't make. His eighth grade basketball team, or something like that. Well, yeah, so I was saying, I don't think he's that good at basketball. He's just right. undeniably he's just, huge. So. Yeah, he's just insanely big. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's an example. Eventually, Eventually people put him up there as one of the best athletes ever. But I'm like, really? The game, yeah, the game's kind of centered around him. You know, it's. I feel like as an athlete, you have to be able to jog. Yeah. He's 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 barely pulling off jogging. I feel like you got to be able to do. For me to consider you an athlete, you got to do a 40 time in under five seconds. For me to classify yeah. you as an athlete. What do you think he runs a 40? I don't know. I can't he's imagine he's breaking five right? seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're talking about uh, having um, wrestlers as roommates. I imagine being out in L.A., you've had a lot of uh, interesting roommates. Because, oh, you know, L.A. is kind of well, – a lot of people are working on their on their dream job, so a lot of people don't have their own house or something like that. They end up sharing it with sometimes interesting people. Have you ever, have you come across that? Well, uh, I've had a really weird time in, in this town. Uh uh, I had two gay roommates. One got AIDS. One was a meth addict. One, all right, uh, all right, whoa. all right. Slow down. Are we, are we, is this too much? <laughs> no, 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 no. Slow down. No. I'm saying let, let's hear about, about this. this. Okay, let's so one of my room. roommates. No, no. First off, glaze past the yeah. AIDS and. <laughs> I, I mean, this is I mean, this what I've been here seven and a half years. I mean, I really got a dose of Hollywood in the first two. Okay, so, so now how do you get how do how do you get matched up with a gay roommate? How does that? I work come out here with a guy and we meet up with this girl, who was banging my friend. Okay. And uh, we were living in this shithole apartment that was like one bedroom. Not even a bedroom, a room. And it so was, three people? No, two people. And then we met her like the first night we were out. And um, then maybe like a month later, we were month to month. And she's like, well, let's all three find a place. you know? So we found a place. Long story short, my one roommate goes back, and it's her and I, and she knows a gay guy because she worked at a gay gay bar. The guy was really cool, real nice guy from Chicago. And um, <laughs> just ended up getting a crazy meth habit through the, the the year I was living with him. It's, you could slowly see how meth is crazy, man. It's like, it like, like you get crazy. His job was calling him. He got fired. He had a boyfriend that had like, I guess he had AIDS for seven years and he came up to me and he's like, dude, I think I'm, I think I got it. You know, I'm, he said he's non-transmissible, but like, you know, I'm like, you've been doing them this whole time? Wait, how do you... I, I feel like gay guys, some of these gay guys, they want to get it. Cause right, a, they do talk doc, about that. There's a documentary that. called The Gift where they have these coming out parties where they they have a party where everyone has AIDS and the kid yeah, comes to yeah, I mean, Whoa. it's such well, a... I saw it firsthand, man, where the kid, like, he just, you know, he was, he's a great guy, and, and I don't know where the hell he is now, but... And they had a big fight outside. The, he's 6'5", his boyfriend was 6'5", <laughs> tattoos all over, had a huge fight outside one time at 4 in the morning. Was it about getting AIDS? Fucking I'm, cops I'm, I'm are there. Guessing. No, they're all bloody and shit. I, this is before I even knew the boyfriend had AIDS. Run out there, I had to break him up, blood all over them, wasn't on me, but it, when I think back, I'm like, holy shit, that was like the first month out, like, first couple months I was here. So that's a crazy introduction to Hollywood. To Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood, right? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, later on, maybe a year ago, we had another gay guy subletting my this girl I live with, and he stole money from us, and it was really this isn't gay bashing hour. I'm just no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it's more uh, more getting into the kind of interesting, <laughs> yeah, just, unique, unique people that you run into. That was inevitably. that was the gay portion of my life. I mean, not, oh, <laughs> the people I know. I have a lot of other roommates that I've been through that are drug addicts and 
So now, what do you I think mean, it is that enough. you keep getting matched up with these uh, interesting kind of Maybe crazy I'm people? Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. Do you think, no do you think you're me. doing something to draw these crazy people into your life? You know, I think I'm just a really good guy, and people take advantage of me. I think that's they see they see Andy Cozell, yeah. and they're like, oh, this guy's a soft touch. <laughs> I'm gonna walk all over. Well, this I'm really guy. laid back. I don't care about it much. You know, just pay your pay your bills. Do what you gotta do. Keep the house clean. Right. Not not a not a huge problem yeah. as a roommate. But that never happens because these people wanna. Well, I guess in Hollywood, drugs get involved and late night parties. That's what I'm going through now in my my apartment now. What's going on now? The three girls upstairs are pissed at we have a duplex and the two guys I'm living with now just. I mean, well, the bad thing about Hollywood is just it's just there's no responsibility in this town. So every, no matter how old you are, you just. I yeah. just feel like going out every night and partying, and these girls have nine to five jobs and they come home and just up till five in the morning with these coke parties and shit. And just, <laughs> I mean, it's just out of control. So you guys are partying really hard, uh, inviting kind of, I imagine, uh, interesting folks into the place, going real loud, and then what? Oh, they're just porn totally... stars to our house. We used to have huge parties. I'm trying to cut that back because I don't get evicted, um, but because uh, the girls are threatening to call the landlord. But um, <laughs> we used to have these awesome parties. I mean, it's been fun. You've had a good run. Any crazy run. stories from uh, from your from your okay, party? One time we had we had a huge after hours, and I mean we had Monique Alexander was at our party. This porn star. She's okay. And uh, well, so, well, real quick. Uh, speaking of porn stars, a adult film actress who also has a uh, show on this on this network, LA Talk Radio. Raquel Devine, who hosts Taboo Topic. She's going to be calling in later. She's been at my house. Really? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she looks like. That'd be yeah. great. She walks Just in and like, hey, porn star. I remember you. No, but uh, but uh, we had and we have this patio area and just. On our block, just everyone's out there running around their cars, drinking, throwing glasses and stuff, and the cops pull up. And we're like, oh, shit, the cops. All of a sudden, five hot chicks get out of the cop car, West Hollywood Sheriff, and uh, the guy's dropping them off. Because my, <laughs> my buddy knows the cop, and the cop runs up. He goes, hey, man, I'll be back. I'm going to pretend like I'm going to bust a party. He's like, when I come back in about an hour, you know, act like, you know. Goes, so this is, a, this is a police officer working yeah. for... Okay, well, West Hollywood. Yeah, we, yeah. we won't reveal yeah. his name, yeah. but he shows up at the party, brings the hot chicks there. Around two, because everyone's coming to this party. It's my friend's birthday, and uh, drops all these chicks off. They're like, thanks, and like he he comes up. He's like, hey man, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back and get off in like half hour, or <laughs> hour. You know, oh, have God. a jack and coke ready for me. You're like, man, I love this town. This oh, town only is so a... crazy, dude. Like, just living here. It's just I tell my friends back home that I'm married. Like, just give me some stories. I'm like, shit, I'll give you. Maybe a ton. Now, what kind of what kind of story? What's a what's a go-to story that you throw at your buddies back home who are married? They probably got a wife who's probably put on 20 pounds, couple kids. What's a what's <laughs> well, a what's a story you go to? Because they're like, you're still doing that shit out there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even famous yet. Yeah, exactly. I, I can't imagine if I do make it, the money it's gonna be getting even worse. I don't see myself living till 50, but. <laughs> so what's a what's like a, what's a go-to tale that you like to make your friends jealous back home? Let me see. Uh, one time, my my friend. He hooked up with this girl, and he had a girlfriend, and she gave him hickeys all over his body. Yeah. And so he's like, what, what the fuck am I going to do, man? I got all these hickeys. What are you doing? And oh, okay. So he was cheating on his girlfriend. Yeah. He got all these hickeys. All these hickeys. She comes bite, the, all these bite marks all over his body and stuff. I'm like, and we're up to a bunch of meathead guys. And I'm like, well, either you can tell her, or we can beat the shit out of you and get bruised up and <laughs> say something So happens. your solution <laughs> also involved beating the crap out and of him. it was him. so funny because my friend goes, he goes, you know, we were hitting him really hard, and he's like, he's like, he did a line of blow, and he's drinking. He goes, hit me again. And we're like smacking him and stuff like that. And my one friend goes, uh, he goes, this isn't working. He goes, you got any sandpaper? I swear to God. And I go, I don't have sandpaper in this house. He goes, no, oh. utility drawer. There was 120 grain sandpaper just sitting on the top from my from my landlord. From you know, there's that like that, right. that drawer that the landlord uses. We took wrapped around our hands, and it only took a couple times smacking him in the chest, and it was just 
Oh my god, that sounds insanely painful. Yeah, yeah, that was worth it. Did he get him out of trouble? Yeah, he said he like fell out running canyon or some shit. I don't know what he said. But (laughs) But it worked in a weird way. That's got to be a compliment to the woman. Like I'm so committed to this relationship that yeah, sure I'm gonna cheat on you, but I'm so committed in not wanting to break up with you after that that I'll have my friends beat me up, punch me with sandpaper. Oh, it was fun too. Because my other friend was like, <laughs> well, yeah, my, fun my for friend, you guys. Yeah, I don't know how much. Off. I don't know if that guy was getting punched with sandpaper was having a blast. Well, I mean, afterwards he laughed and was man. It really looked like he fell on rocks. I mean, he's got a good story too. Yeah. Right, exactly. I guess it's a win-win situation. Of course. Uh, Logan and I were speaking of roommates. Logan and I were out hanging out at my buddy Ron. You know, Ron Babcock. He's a comedian around yeah. town. Funny guy. He he had some people at a bar for a birthday party. So we go there, we're hanging out, and Logan, who I've uh, I've questioned his wingman skills before, but he really came through. He goes, to me, he, there's these two girls that Logan's talking to, and he's like, oh, you have to meet, you have to meet Sean, and you know, totally hyping me up, like, oh yeah, he, he's got a radio show <laughs> that I'm on, and it's a great time. And then he, you know, he's really trying to hype me up, and he talks to this girl. He goes, yeah, Sean, he even shot this pilot for Spike TV, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> He goes, yeah, Greg Giraldo was the host, and it was called America's Biggest Asshole. First off, that kind of threw her off. She's like, wait, America's Biggest Asshole? Are you an asshole? Uh, well, yeah, I guess so. I mean, And I was still, in my mind, hyping. I was like, yeah, he's a huge asshole. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> and Logan, Logan just like, you know, totally hyping it up. And then the chick goes, so do you think, is, is it going to be made to be a show? Is it, is it going to go? And I go, well, you know, you know the network. And Logan steps in again. He goes, oh, no, that was a year and a half ago. There's no way they're making that. Yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. <laughs> Logan goes out of his way to mention, like goes out of his way to push this idea that, oh, my God, you got to hook up with him. And then totally backstab you. Right, he's on my, America's Biggest logic, Asshole, though. and then it gets canceled. No, I wanted any doubt in their mind that we were lying or faking. I don't I, know. I, I that just brings it to the real world. Like, okay, this really happened. I love well, that you throw Greg Gerardo in there too. Like he's, right. he's a known asshole. You know? yeah, <laughs> right. kept, he, like, he's hosted it. Yeah. I kept like adding things to it. I felt like it sounded kind of fake. It, I don't know. Right. Well, well I was about, also drunk. <laughs> think about lying. If you're gonna lie, you've got to go all the way, man. Otherwise. Well, right. That's the thing. I, I would hope that they eye. wouldn't. They wouldn't think that we'd be lying about. Oh yeah, I, I shot a pilot called America's Biggest Asshole. If I was gonna lie about a pilot I shot, I, I would think I would. It would be. Oh, it's a three camera sitcom for a network. <laughs> I would. I would aim a little higher in my lie. Uh, I guess it's not like I thought they would think we're lying, but it's just more endearing if it's not yeah, and the, girls the buy perfect it too. thing. You know? Right, know. exactly. But <laughs> I, it just feels weird to bring up this project and keep hyping it up. Yeah. And then when the girl goes, so is it going to be made to be a show? You could at least stick with maybe. maybe. Yeah. You didn't yeah. have to go, no, definitely like, not. There's no chance. I was kind of out of the circle, too. I was starting to like walk away, and I popped my head back in just to say that. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> yeah, actually, that's that what was, happened. That was the worst thing. Like, he, started, <laughs> he started the conversation. He got the kindling going. All right, I'm getting a flame, getting a rap going. And then he hear, she goes, so is it going to be made? And then that's when Logan doubles back into the conversation to point out that, no, there's no chance in hell that the show's going to be made. <laughs> And you so, probably didn't even have to like make up a, too much of a lie, because in Hollywood, girls are just like, are we going to bang or not? Right. Like, oh, I know. Should have just... Well, speaking of liars, <laughs> I, uh, you're, you're a sports fan, Andy. Yeah. Have you been keeping up at all with the Ben Roethlisberger case? So what, he's... Uh, is he getting charged now, or what's going on? Well, no, it, it seemed like they didn't have enough evidence to charge him, but they did end up releasing this girl's, I guess, she, whatever she claimed happened... For some reason, I don't know what kind of justice system we have in America, but they recorded a tape of her basically filing the complaint with the police officers, and somehow they're able to release this. So here's this tape. 
And then 30 seconds later, Ben comes back there. His penis is already out of his pants. <laughs> She's describing... She, I guess what happened was the bodyguard took her back into this bathroom, and then Ben Roethlisberger just comes in, pants down, penis out. And I was like, no, this is not right. Like, I don't agree with this. I got up, and I, like, went to the first door that I saw, which happened to be, like, a bathroom. Um, and he, like, followed me in. <laughs> this guy really does not take no for an answer. <laughs> um, that's when he proceeded have sex with me and the whole time I said no we really don't need to do this <laughs> oh <laughs> that's so yeah no you really say that you either say no get the fuck off me or I don't think we should be <laughs> it's, doing it's this. a weird it's a weird verbiage no we really don't need to do this isn't okay like we shouldn't be doing this but see that almost the way when a chick says know. like we shouldn't be doing this to me that's almost like oh Sean you're so naughty we yeah. shouldn't be doing this <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly we shouldn't be doing this in a bathroom style you're so bad um, oh this is so then wrong. you just like got up and left the entire time, oh, the entire from, time, the entire time okay. from when he, from when the bodyguard escorted me, he like came in three seconds later, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, this isn't okay, like I don't know what's going on, I was like, this isn't really, this isn't right, we don't need to do this, and I got up to leave the whole time. First off, no one needs to do this. You hear, want to do this. Did you hear the guy in the background listening? He's going, uh-huh, and then what? Yeah. <laughs> he's, got this, he's got this thick Georgian accent, too. Listen to... I, like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, this isn't really... This isn't right. We don't need to do this. And I got up to leave the whole time. I was like, this isn't okay. We don't need to be doing this. I was like, no, this isn't okay. And he said, no, it's okay. I promise. <laughs> no one needs to be doing it. We just do it. Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> It's, a, it's not a. I mean, it appears that Ben Roethlisberger needed to do it. These these guys are such an, these athletes. They just. I don't think they they take no for an answer because their whole life, I bet you, he was just a stud and just no girls ever said no to him. So right. It, it did sound that she at some point when a chick says no five times. All right, fine. It's no. Maybe the first couple times <laughs> you're still feeling out. This is like the third charge from a different woman, isn't it? Like he's, this guy's on right. Well, it was weird. The first charge Ben Roethlisberger faced. And these are late, lately things. It's not like in ten years ago. Right? This is like recently, isn't it? Right. This but guy that also makes me think because he didn't have a history of it. That no, but he does have a history of it from like the from way back. Not way back, but I mean, or just recent. Well, recently. not. It's all been the last year. Right? Yeah. It's been the last few years. And supposedly there were incidents in college that never kind of made the papers or he was never charged. He probably has just been doing this kind of stuff, but he was never higher profile enough to the point that people made a huge deal yeah. out of it. It was probably some chick just felt, oh, man, I can't believe I let him do that. Yeah, but for a lot of these things, like, not this Tiger Woods bullshit. And all, I mean, a lot of girls, I mean, if he did it, that's bad. But a lot of these girls just seem to come out when they get famous, you know, and they want they want their sex tape and they want their... Right. They want to be on yeah, Tyra. You know, I mean, there's always a part of me that thinks that's a possibility. Like they're just trying to get money. Or well, something. it's weird. In the first case, in the first case that <laughs> Roethlisberger was charged, the woman came out with it a year later and didn't file any criminal case. She just filed a civil case, meaning just going after his money. So yeah, that was really suspicious. The Steelers stood behind Roethlisberger and totally had his back. But then this case comes out again. This girl went right to the cops right after it happened, which I feel like that yeah. really strengthens your case. Of course. He kind of looks like he could be Jesse James' brother, doesn't he? Yeah. It's such a weird it's, it's comparison. Just one, yeah. It's just one family, yeah. one genetic pool that just breeds these <laughs> these Hulk-like men who just yeah. are... They're like that same like <laughs> chubby, strong face with a slick back hair. He just hair. looks like a retard. Yeah. <laughs> just, just 
big goof. And there's nothing. There's no other way to describe it. He just looks like a guy you could break a two by four over the back of his head, and it really wouldn't phase him one way or another. He would just be, like, <laughs> hey, I can still take a snap. Hey, what? I'm Ben Roethlisberger. I'm gonna ride my motorcycle with no helmet. You're a goddamn professional <laughs> athlete. Do you know how I would live if I was a starting quarterback and I had won a Super Bowl? Do you know what kind of bubble I would live in? Yeah. I would want to enjoy my life. I would not be riding around in a motorcycle with no helmet on. <laughs> life is good. All right. These athletes, they, they kind of have balls, too. Like, I remember when I was in high school, this, what is it, Ronnie Fields, he was, like, going to be the next, like, huge star in college, and he was out of Chicago, and I remember him and his buddy went to some party, and his buddy went with a girl in a, in a room, turned the light off, started hooking up with this girl, and then he goes, I got to go to the bathroom, and then when he went in the bathroom, Ronnie Fields came out and pretended, like, they tried to sneak and see if she could tell or whatever, and she told, she could tell, and she flipped on the lights and fucking all over the Chicago Tribune and stuff. He never went to college and ruined his whole career. Yeah, what a, what crazy, a stupid dude. thing to stupid. ruin. Stupid. Like, why do that, right? Right. <laughs> I, I understand kind of, okay, maybe that guy was in high school, but Roethlisberger, <laughs> when, you, when you win a goddamn Super Bowl, have some fucking sense. <laughs> yeah. The high school never leaves their head. They're right. But yeah, that, I guess they are kind mode. of, they're just stuck in that mode of... Um, Everybody wants me. Yeah, being arrogant and... I don't blame Tiger Woods, though, because, you know, it, it's pretty not... I don't think it's his fault. I mean, he's just... He's like a robot. He probably never had sex to his... Yeah, he's just making up for not having a life. Yeah. <laughs> right, he definitely never seemed to have a childhood. He was... He was uh, his yeah, like Michael Jackson in reverse. Right, right, that's why I, I called... His dad is Joe Jackson of sports. <laughs> it's the same type of mentality of, I'm going to program you to do one thing the rest of your life. You're going to be insanely good at it, but you're going to be fucked up emotionally because you have no normal childhood. And I don't think it's really that hard to figure out these people that are really fucked up emotionally and do these kind of things where they just cheat constantly and have all these issues. It, go, it goes to one problem. They, they didn't have a normal childhood. Yeah, and I guess I guess a lot of guys just cheat anyway. So that's right, just, and guys are horny. We want to What do they say? No matter how hot a girl is, there's always a guy sick of banging them. Right, right exactly. <laughs> I remember when I worked at my uncle's hardware store, they had a calendar of like a really, well, hot chick, but really it was just like an 80s chick in a bikini with like crazy permed out hair. And it just had this, it had this little like message at the bottom. No matter how hot she looks, there's some guy out there somewhere that's sick of putting up with her shit. It's <laughs> like, wow, this is a really depressing... Yeah. The jo- this job's already kind of bummer, and then you see a picture of a hot chick, you're like, oh, okay, maybe that's like one little bright light in my day, and then, oh, okay, really depressing message afterwards. Yeah. I remember my, I remember I had a, a poster from Spencer's when I was like fifth grade, I had this hot-ass chick with bikini crawling on these nails, and it said, hard as nails, and I put it up in my room, and uh, my mom didn't say anything, she just wrote on it, and, and a felt Margaret put, this degrades women. <laughs> But left it up. Yeah, left it up. Mom's notes are always hilarious. I remember one time uh, my mom found my bong. It was hidden downstairs in the basement. And I went to go look for the bong again. And my mom hadn't said anything to me. I just look where the bong is. And instead, there's a little note that says, Drug paraphernalia is not allowed in this household. Love, Mom. That's how white parents deal with things. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, they also yelled at me and grounded yeah. me different times. Like when they but... catch you with a condom in your pocket, they just put the condom on the top of the dryer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you find it, you're like, oh, no. Yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. You almost would rather them catch you. I guess catch you and then get it over with. Then yeah. having this weird moment of you know they caught you, but they didn't say anything and they're just kind of letting you bring it up or something like yeah. that. Like they they you know with the note or something like that. They know or you know that they know and then now it creates this weird tension. Yeah. Has your mom ever caught you doing something? Oh, my mom would catch me everything. Uh, she's 
She's kind of like just like a kind of like hey, you know, she's kind of like the mom and just friends, kind of like you know, not Eric, right. which is kind of like hey guys, upbeat, you know, super upbeat, nice, Midwest, super nice. Um, when I used to wrestle in high school, I uh, I came home and you get so tired after wrestling, so you go upstairs, take a shower, and then you're just lay, laying around in your in your bedroom with the TV on, and you know, guys just kind of go down their pants. It's kind of therapeutic. <laughs> yeah. And you're just kind of sitting there like chicks don't understand yeah, that. Yeah, you when just kind of see... yeah, you just you fondle yourself and just you kind of have it out when you're watching TV. <laughs> it's your room, you know, whatever. And uh, I, I fall asleep, and I must have woke up at three in the morning. And but when I wake up. My thing's still in my hand. My TV's off. All the lights are off. Like, oh. 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 My mom had to, had to come up there and see me sleeping with my dong in my hand going like, there's my son. Like, that must be such like, a... That was like senior year in high school, too. Oh, this just be I was such like 18. That must be such a sad moment for the mom. She's like, that's my baby. Because yeah. they still see you as a child. As a parent, I don't think you ever get over that. You still see your son as, yeah. as this little baby. And then you walk in and there's probably just some weird infomercial on. Oh. And you're just sitting there with your junk out. Yeah, women don't. Time. Women definitely don't understand that. When you watch Married with Children and Al Bundy just constantly puts his hand down his pants, as guys, that all makes sense. You just yeah, you just yeah. you just constantly checking on you're how on, things you're are unwinding. going. You just put your hand on there and you just you pinch and roll or keep you, your hand warm. Yeah, yeah right. it's it's not even sexual. It, <laughs> yeah, it's not sexual. Yeah. You just gotta, it's not sexual at all. You're just like hey, just what's, what's so, uh, sometimes that's where you feel for testicular cancer. Sometimes you're just watching the game. You just kind of pinch and roll. <laughs> right when I when I hear when I hear people have testicular cancer, I'm like what? You weren't constantly feeling your balls? Yeah. What kind of lifestyle are you living? I think that's why it's the most cured cancer. Because you find it really yeah, because guys are constantly <laughs> touching their balls. It never gets out of the the, the bad stage. Right? But um, yeah, she called me a couple times. Where uh, one time I came home from college to go to a wedding, and you know we have like one shower in our whole house, and like five family members. My grandparents were in the living room, and everyone takes a shower, but my except me and my mom. She's like, you go first. So I go first, and you know you can't you can't whack off in your house because your mom's just and when you're coming home from college because she's. Constantly following you around. Well, where are you going? Are you hungry? Right. Like, yeah. away from me. Like, you can never what are you downtime. doing in there? I'm baking you a pie, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and I never do it in the shower. But that was Andy, the- what's going on in there? Your but shower's I- taking too long. I got an omelet going. That's what they do. They're like, Andy. How long are you going to be in there? The, the water's going to be cold. But uh, yeah, but I was in there and like, you never do it in the shower because it takes forever. I don't know why standing up makes it take longer. But anyway, it took, took forever. <laughs> you get out. I'm kind of out of my mind, so you don't think about the cleanup or anything. So I, I go... She gets in after me. Oh, no, in the shower. I'm out there. I'm kind of like by the living room by my brother and my grandparents, and I kind of get dressed, and my mom yells. Your grandparents are around. Yeah, my mom yells out to the whole house, goes, Andy, get back in here and clean your snot out of the drain. (laughs) And I was like, looked at my brother, and he's like, I think even my grandparents like knew what the hell. I don't think, I think my mom thinks I just blew my nose in the thing. Now, do you think, how innocent is your mom? Do you really think that's what she thought? I think she's she's really really kind of like chicken with her head cut off, like just running around, like doing like things, and she yeah, probably, my mom's the same. But she's just like, because we had one of those drains that catches everything, and I went in there, to, <laughs> I went in there to clean it out, including like, your snot. It looked, it looked like a dead jellyfish. Oh it was man! Like, but my brother, I think even my grandparents knew. They were just looking at me like, really? I was like, oh, I'm 21 years old. <laughs> your your 75 year old Nana is just oh, like, God. oh, that's Andrew for you. <laughs> Shut up, Nana. <laughs> You your grandpa's like. the same way. He's yeah. a shower guy. <laughs> she knows all the habits. Because yeah, you got to hold on to something. It's kind of like slick. Well, if anyone in the audience has a story of a mom catching, that's always a funny yeah, story. I've, Feel I've free to give us a call, 323-203-0815. Well, I think I, um, we got uh, the 18 movie coming out. Are you excited oh. to see that at all? Yeah, they said it's, they said it's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, everyone's in a tank, and the tank's like, what? Ten, Flying ten, in the air. Ten tons with a parachute. Seems kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> Seems kind of weird. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. T, my buddies um, Cornell, the comedian Cornell Reed, and my roommate Ryan uh, turned me on to this. Mr. T, I guess, has an infomercial running called Mr. T's Flavor Wave Oven. Have you seen this? No. Oh, it's pretty amazing. It's one of those like infomercial kitchens and the, he busts through, the door explodes. <laughs> you could have used the doorknob. Sorry, darling. A holy guy like me just couldn't wait that long. Well, you invited me to a delicious home-cooked meal. One that would keep my waistline beautiful. <laughs> what can you expect? Darla, are my eyes deceiving me, or am I looking at the frozen food section at the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's like Mr. T's playing Mr. T, but he's playing Mr. T if Mr. T was in an infomercial. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a weird sense of reality. I, I'm trying to get a grasp on this. I can't really get it. What's going on? The, the the infomercial chick seems kind of in on it, but she also seems really enthusiastic. I, I I don't know. I didn't know what you'd want, so you get to choose from chicken, steak, burgers, fish, ribs. I love people in the audience ooing and on. Oh, oh chicken! People on infomercials chicken? are like they they act like when people write on Facebook. You know, they're really excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't really act like that in real life. Right. Like, like, exclamation, exclamation points everywhere. Like, ah, laugh out loud, everything. You know, like... <laughs> no one's excited about life yeah, that much. She's all frozen solid. <laughs> I pity the fool who tries to get this down. I want to eat right now. Not in a few hours. I want to introduce you to our professional cook. This is the Flavor Wave Turbo Oven. This is the cook? This is the cook. <laughs> I love how he can't even... Wait, you mean it's not some human being? It's an oven? And, and he should be a chef, right? Like, I, when you call a chef cook, that's like the biggest, meanest thing you can do. Like, Right. right. This is the cook? And the guy's yeah. probably like, screw you, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, love it when a plan comes together, dog. <laughs> I love how he also steals that line. That's not. It's Murdoch's line. It's not even Mr. T's line. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. This is delicious. My taste buds is going wild. <laughs> uh, that that, so that level cards. of English is so great. Yeah. My taste buds are going wild, darling. It's mm. going wild. It's so golden brown and crispy. <laughs> I love crisp, crunchy crust. Look at all those delicious grill marks. <laughs> the grill marks don't have taste. Will, 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 will America stop trying to sell us on the idea that grill yeah. marks equal taste? Why do we yeah. love grill, grill marks? marks yeah, seriously. Grill marks look cool. Okay, I get it. It doesn't affect the taste. It's a little bit of piece of charcoal. It doesn't... God damn it. You know, Darla, I think I'm falling in love with this Flavor Wave Turbo. Now here, Mr. T, this <laughs> like, like is a good joke. such yeah, a exactly. super-duper good sport and a Flavor Wave Turbo Oven expert. Oh, Darla, you shouldn't have. But I'm glad you did. <laughs> she gives him some like giant Mr. T-like chain that says Flavor Wave Oven. <laughs> Not that Mr. T has any sort of standards, but Jesus Christ, Mr. T. Yeah, but he, you know, I saw him on Howard Stern a couple of years ago, and he still looks like he's in the 80s. He still yeah, looks pretty he, good. He's keeping the look up. That's yeah. again, I'm kind of impressed with that. <laughs> well, uh, it looks like we got uh, Raquel Devine coming into the program. Uh, here we go. Raquel. Hi, this is Raquel. How are you? I'm great, Raquel. Thanks for calling on the show. Hey, Raquel. Hi, Raquel. Yes, I was listening to one of your earlier shows today because I wanted to see what your show was about. Yeah, what would you think? I, I, I loved it. It was funny. You guys were ripping on uh, Megan Fox, which I ditto the sentiments on that one, and I totally <laughs> want to Google pictures of her thumb now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen, <clears throat> if you haven't seen Megan Fox's thumb... 
Uh, they are very, they're very weird. They look almost like a big toe. It's, it's kind of creepy. If there's anything that's going to turn you off to Megan Fox, it's got to be the thumbs. Well, something should be ugly on that bitch. Right, exactly. <laughs> now, uh, you know what? And I bet she's a bad lay. Yeah, you really think really hot women are usually bad lay. She's a bad personality. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sex tape was they just have boring. that really ugly personality, exactly. But now, Raquel, you're you're a very uh, fine looking woman, and um, I've seen some of your films, uh, films like uh, MILF Legends, Cougar Tales. <laughs> um, let's see, uh, you know, and you seem to know what you're doing. What do you What do you think makes you different from a Megan Fox? <laughs> from Megan Fox. You know what? I I think I don't stare in the mirror 40 hours a day like Megan does, and she's she seems like she's a little too full of herself, and I definitely don't take myself seriously. I know there are some girls in the adult business that do take it a little too seriously. Now let's let's and, uh, let's who do you, who do you think in the adult industry takes themselves a little too seriously? A little too seriously. Well, I did have an encounter years ago in Vegas with um, a very drunk Houston oh, okay. who proceeded to have a meltdown <laughs> in front of me because she's too beautiful. You don't know what it's like to be so beautiful. Okay, wow. so Houston <laughs> Houston became famous from uh, being on the Howard Stern Show and like also gangbangs. She became famous for pulling a 500-person gangbang. Right. Now that seems there's like... There's only really 100 guys. Oh, they okay. just looped it. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow! Really, really getting the backstage. Uh, it's kind of like the CGI stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry to like destroy that fantasy for you. Right, exactly. Because yeah, that is really my fantasy. Of a bukkake, which you know what a bukkake is, right? Yes. Right. Yep. Being buried in the sand, you're supposed to just have your head out. So I was in Mexico with um, a company called Metro in 1999 with a bunch of famous porn stars, and everybody said, "Oh, Houston's going to do a bukkake," and so picture the beach. Mexico, 50 regular guys, civilians, yep. masturbating furiously on the beach, just getting ready <laughs> so they can run up and jizz on her face. And, right, typical Mexican um, vacation. It was, Cancun. you know, typical Cancun spring break, and she's laying there totally cheating this bukkake thing because she's buried up to her boobies with her arms out, and here's the ultimate cheat. She wore goggles. Or goggles. What? Wow. There should be some sort of regulating industry that that takes into these films and and says, okay, this is this is what constitutes a gangbang. Yeah. Now Raquel, exactly. um, <laughs> I notice you do a lot of milf porn, but in Cause fact, because I'm 42, they 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 think I'm a mom or something. I'm not. Right. But you're not a mom. <laughs> I'm not a mom. I'm a chihuahua mom. <laughs> well, you didn't give birth to the Chihuahuas. I want to make that clear. Some guys in the audience exactly. aren't that intelligent. That'd be a little freaky. <laughs> All right. So now, how'd you? Uh, what year did you start doing uh, pornography? I started. My first movie was December 1997. I was 30 years old. I actually had normal jobs from 17 to 30. Now, what kind of? Uh, what was your background before you got into the adult film world? Um, I worked for family law attorney for four years. I worked for Northrop. I worked for um, a large corporate company that did uh, a secretarial for the vice president of sales, and then I got into outside sales. Okay, so you were like the hot secretary in the corporate world. And then what? No, I was more sexually harassed in a normal job, I'll tell you that. Really? Any office sexual yeah. stories? or? I do. Ooh. I was banging my <laughs> boss, but if I had known I could have got like all this Tiger Wood money, I would have, you know, worked it different. Should have aimed higher. 
So wait, you yeah, were... I mean, I would have been the president of some company now. <laughs> so you're hooking yeah. up with your boss. Did that ever work out for you? Did you ever get any sort of promotion or anything off yes, of that? Yes, I did. <laughs> and um, what was funny was we were actually really good friends. I mean, seriously, there was no hanky-panky going on. We were really good friends. Okay. And what happened was we went away to one of those sales conventions. That's how and that's when stuff goes down. Because he said he did the line... Hey, do you want to come up to my room and practice your sales pitch? <laughs> come on, really? Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I go, you know, I knew what was going to happen. And he was 36 <laughs> at the time, and um, I think I was 26. And he goes, I'll have some champagne. And, and I knew, you know, come on. All and right. so that was the first night I banged my boss at a sales convention. God bless America. But it gets better. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. I was walking listening. back to my room after doing my boss. Mm-hmm. And I opened the door, because I was sharing a room with another female sales rep. She's hitting it with this other sales guy. Uh-oh. Man, corporate so, sales you know, sounds like yeah. parties. I'm in the wrong business. There's more debauchery and hijinks that goes on in the real world than in the porn set. Well, I find that, hard, well, somewhat hard to believe, but... Yeah. It's grosser, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's grosser. All right, so now, how'd you, how'd you break in uh, to the adult film world? What finally got you to say, hey, why not, uh, why not have sex on camera? Oh, the money. Because I was tired of making uh, my pittance, my pittance pay per week in the in the real world, and I was and I was fed up with all the BS. And I'll tell you, women are not fun to work with in the workplace. Tell me about it, with... sweetheart. <laughs> what? I said, tell me about it, sweetheart. <laughs> I will tell you, I'd rather work with a bunch of men any day. Because I'll tell you what, in all the sales rooms that I worked in, you had us all in a bunch of rooms, and the women are so. Nasty. And just like people say, two attorneys can go into court, beat each other up, and go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Two women, oh, hell no, that's not going to happen. Right. So well, and, are nasty bitches. And, and especially you being really good looking, I imagine a lot of chicks are jealous of that and then feel insecure. And then, you know, you having sex with the boss, they're probably not happy about that. And then the that guys. Didn't go, that didn't go over well. Right. And then the guys <laughs> are probably just trying to hook up with you. So, yeah, of course they're going to be easy to work with. But you know what? I was getting shit for banging my boss before I was even banging him. So is that really fair? Might as well do it. No, that's that's all the more reason. <laughs> hey, Raquel, I'm on your side. You should have banged your boss. Now, so did you... Did <laughs> that's you... how a guy's dream, to bang his <laughs> female boss. Right, that's why guys want to be in charge of stuff, to bang the secretary. It's not because they have some dream of making sales quotas. They want to make love to the secretary. <laughs> yeah, half the porns exactly. are with teachers and kids. <laughs> well, stu- students. students. Kids sound yeah, weird. You know what? It was because I took really good dick. Oh, uh, I thought yeah. Andy was the comedian here. All right, so and I was, and I was, I was giving blowjobs in the company van. Oh wow, that sounds awesome. Is that a tax deduction? I was getting hot here, Jesus. <laughs> Holy cow! But um, I will say, and sure. I will admit this, and tell you guys straight up, I love giving hot. Now I feel like uh, you're probably a rarity. I feel like most women feel like they're doing you a favor by that. What do you think? Um, makes you That's different bad. in your enthusiasm. Oh, I'll tell you what happened. I was 14, and I was wink, wink, babysitting. <laughs> so my boyfriend at the time, you know, we were babysitting, and his older sister was uh, bowling. So I started bowling myself, and I didn't even know what it was, but I instinctively knew that I wanted to do it. And I'll tell you, when it went to th- you know the whole fruition thing, I was really, I it was my addiction. Okay. It's a fetish of mine. I really love it. So, 
so you don't think it was just the first time you did it, you fell in love with it, and it's it's been your thing from then on? And I made it my mission to perfect it, so I'm just really good at it. And I want to actually do a seminar and train women. Well, if you need any sort of uh, guys to demonstrate models. on or, yeah. or something like that, I'd be, uh, you know, I'm sure I could round up <laughs> a couple guys. Would you guys be my model? Yeah, us, us comics always need a side job. <laughs> right. I don't know if anyone's called me a model, but I'm, I'm certainly uh, willing to have a demonstration done to me. There's, all, there's always room for a cock model. <laughs> all right. That would be a sweet room. resume bulletin point. <laughs> So now, um, Raquel, sorry, just to, I, I'm just fascinated. What was the actual first film you did? How did it go down? Did you approach someone? Did someone approach you? How did oh, it actually go I down? I found an ad in, back then it was the newspaper, because this was really before the internet kicked in. And I was just, I was seriously, I was just bored. I wanted to do something fun and exciting. And I saw this ad that said, adult, this is how they advertise for porn. Mm-hmm. Naked adult models wanted something like that. Right. So we went to Jim South back then of World Modeling was the agent. That was just it. And he, you know, he's fr- he is so famous. He was back in the day with Tracy Lords, Ginger Lynn, all them. His, so his body I works. Back then I was with my girlfriend Jessica Jewell, who had just graduated law school. Okay. And natural transition. Oh, totally. And she technically was an attorney when we made porn. Oh, she wow. passed the bar. She's one of those chicks that can pass any test but can't find her way out of a box. You know, she's dumb as a box of rocks. And she didn't even know we had three holes because we used to do bachelor parties together. That's what I did before I got into porn. Right. And I used to put anal beads in my hoo-ha. And that was a great, um, you know, guys love two-girl chefs. Yeah, who does So the best part, you know, we would upsell the toys. That's how we really made our money. Used we'd ones? go, okay, our two girl show wow. is two hundred and fifty dollars, but do you want to add Fred and Barney? Mm. Fred and Barney. And that Fred and Barney is the double headed dildo. <laughs> and Fred and Barney are I love it. Fred and Barney are the and, security guys. It costs extra. And, and Fred and Barney had like a net sack in the middle, which is kinda of like the handle. Yeah. And if you were the bachelor, you got to hold the net sack. Oh wow. And we did a whole Cirque du Soleil routine, blah, blah, blah. So anyway. <laughs> Cirque du Soleil, wait. Have you, have you seen Cirque du Soleil? It's pretty crazy. Were you it doing backflips and stuff like that? We our Fred and Barney pussy act. So All what right. happened was I stuck these anal beads in my hoo-ha because I don't like things in my bum. Okay. So guys in their 20s aren't very savvy to sure. toys. So you know what's on the end of anal beads? They have that plastic circle ring. Okay. And I'm walking, you know, I'm doing my nude lap dances and everything, and these guys go, dude, she's on her period. They thought it was a tampon. Oh, man. So, yeah, because all tampons have rookies, them, the little plastic ring. <laughs> so I'm laying on my back. Jessica Jewell gets between my legs. Guys love to watch girls eat pussy. I mean, that's, like, huge. Just so you guys know, we were talking about just putting your hand in your pants. Not sexual. I'm going to do that right now. So anyway, there's nothing hotter than watching a girl really go at it. So then she licks me away. Then what you do is you take the pussy beads and you pull them out slowly. And the guys will all start counting them. Okay. You know, and then she pulls them out and puts them in my mouth. They lose their mind. Quite a bachelor party. We do a really good bachelor party. Are you still doing those? Andy has I will get I will get married tomorrow. Well, that was great. That sounds awesome. And uh, Raquel, thanks for calling in. I'm sure everyone's going to tune into your program. Very intriguing. It's uh, Monday nights, correct? It is Monday nights at six o'clock. 
Okay, Taboo Topics. I listen to it. It's a uh, enjoyable program. You have a lot of other porn actresses on. You guys talk about the industry. It's uh, definitely interesting. Worth checking out. And where should I uh, send people to check out your... Do you have a website you want? RaquelDevine.net? I do. It's RaquelDevine.net. And, of course, they can email me at the Divine Raquel at Hotmail.com. Okay. You got a Facebook? <laughs> are you on Are you on Facebook, Facebook, Raquel? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you got to get on that. But uh, thanks for coming on the program. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Bye, take care. Bye. Man, that chick was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look her up tomorrow. Yeah. Good times. Honestly, <laughs> I have no idea what she looks like, so I'm filling in the blank. She's blonde in my mind. Uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, there's a, boobs, there's uh. a picture. There's a picture out of out of her uh, in the lobby. Uh, yeah, definitely interesting chick. Well, Andy, uh, looks like we're wrapping up here. Thanks for coming on the program. Thanks Good time. Where can uh, where can people check you out? Um, I'll be at the. Uh, I was just at the Improv last night. I'll probably be at the Haha ha this weekend. You got a um, website or Facebook? You want people to um, check? Yeah, out? I got a Facebook. Andy Kozel, K O Z E L. Um, got a MySpace. Same thing. All right, cool, man. Look me Thanks up. for coming on the program. Logan, you want to uh, do a haiku here to wrap things up? Let's do it. Flyers versus Hawks. My taste buds is going wild. AIDS, meth, and blowjobs. Amazing, Logan. Oh, wow. Have we not gotten that far in the song? That was like a new... <laughs> uh, yeah. And <laughs> nice. um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the program. Hey, uh, also, we're listed in the uh, top 15 at the podcastfan.com. So if you guys want to help us out and move us up and beat out these other nerdy podcasts that uh, totally suck, you can go on there and vote. You don't have to register or anything. You can vote once a day. So check that out, the podcastfan.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in the program. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on LATalkRadio.com. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hit the wrong music. <laughs> Damn it, I almost nailed that out. Uh. Oh, let me try one more time. We do it live here every Thursday, 8 o'clock on LATalkRadio.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe today.